Well, this is the DDFW Comedy After Show. You here with your host, Mike Saragossa. You got my boy over here in the corner. Richard Moore, what's up, baby? And then we got our very special and late guest, uh, Mr. George <laughs> Red Speaks. <laughs> yeah. And then behind the ones and twos, we got Mr. Busco Jones. Thank you very much. Yes, but sir. My brother George, let's get straight to it. They ain't going to clap for you or nothing. We're just going to get to the point. Oh, no clap. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So, uh, man, damn, bro. You know, I don't, I don't even know where to start with you, bro. Let's just start from the beginning. You went to jail. <laughs> no, I went to prison. You went to prison. Yeah. Uh, he's Two different in, things. He's an inmate, not a convict. Uh, no. <laughs> nah, uh, man, you, you know, you did your little bit. You did what you were supposed to do. Uh, you know, you did it on your own. You turned yourself in. You know, everybody wants to know the story. He has a magazine. Well, you did an interview recently, right? Uh, Dallas Observer, yeah. Dallas Observer. Everything's in there. You know, I, I would tell y'all, but I'm going to give y'all the opportunity to look it up yourself. Um, but, man, you got out and you just, your feet kept running, man. Yeah. You know, you got off, you jumped off that running vehicle yeah. and you I just. I was running away. From <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but you ran straight into comedy, though. Yeah. Like definitely. straight, like yeah. straight from, yeah. like, you don't laugh with nobody because it's serious, you might get stabbed. So you better laugh or you're going to get stabbed. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. You always got your knife out. I know you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, but that's good, bro. Uh, you know, um, how, I, I, it's been what? How, since you got out, how 11 long? Months. 11 months. Mm -hmm. And before that, how long you been doing comedy? Like, um, I My first comedy show was September 2018. 2018, man. Yeah. Oh, so you newbies, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started at the uh, the House of Blues. Oh, man. That's my first show. That's nice. House yeah. of Blues is real nice, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a little intimidating sometimes. It can be. It can it's be. It's very intimidating. Yeah. Well, the thing was is that I was producing a show uh, with the uh, Ruby Review Girls, uh, burlesque dancers. Okay. And uh, I didn't tell anyone. Well, I was asking people about comedy, comedians I had worked with. I was producing for about seven years before I got into comedy as a comic. But I was producing comedy. And uh, I uh, produced a show for Flo Hernandez there at the House of Blues. Oh, nice. and Give it up to Flo. What up, Flo? Yeah. And that was where I first met Jamie Gravy, brought him on there. And actually, yeah. right after that, that was his first theater show. We had about 1,200 people there. Damn. And um, that was his first theater show. And right after that show, he went to go perform for uh, Eddie Griffin, uh, to open up for Eddie Damn. Griffin on his, uh, I think it was a Showtime special. And that's where uh, he's at now, right? right? Jamie's on, with so, him right now. And yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So now full circle, he's traveling the country with, uh, Eddie with, Griffin. Yeah, with Eddie Griffin. And he's also a comedy junkie society like us. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That's very yeah. nice. Yeah but, yeah, but the House of Blues, I mean, that's where it started. And then when I was, I was backstage, and I have a best friend named Victoria, right? She's kind of like a, a business partner, too. We've done a lot of, made a lot of money together in different ventures and stuff for, for many years. And, and she was there with me, and she was helping me out with it. And I looked at her, and I'm, I'm behind stage, dude. And I'm looking through the curtain. You see 1,200 1, people. Right, and I'm just like, how that's scary. And I'm, and it was the first big show that I ever did. I had never produced a show that big before. Damn. Right, and I'm watching Flo go Damn. up. I'm watching, uh, I'm watching a uh, Jamie go up, and everyone's just laughing. I'm watching the girls dancing and stuff. And then I'm in the the green room, and you see like Nas sign the wall, Man. and then like Deftones sign the wall, you know. Uh, and I just started thinking, and I told her, and I swear to God, that's where I felt it. And I said. My name's going to be on that wall. I'm going to do show business. Yeah. I'm going to be a comedian. I'm going to do this the rest of my life. Man. Damn. Was Pink Floyd on there? Oh. Uh, probably. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, Stick that was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm just asking. Yeah, but, uh, but, but after that, I, so what I did was um, I asked the, the, the girls, the Ruby Review girls, if they wanted to do it again, you know? And we did, and that's where I had my first performance. Yeah, that's, that, oh, so you House performed there too. Also, was your first performance? That was my first performance nice. ever as a nice. comedian. I, I didn't even know open mics existed. Right. Okay. No one would tell me. Okay, I got a question for you. The first show that y'all did was twelve hundred. How did the second show go? Um, the second show we were in a smaller room it was five hundred. That's still a lot of people. That's still a lot of people. Still yeah. a lot of people. I think most yeah. I've, I've... Yeah, been... we sold out. And it was two shows that night. I had uh, June Bug was on one of the shows. Okay. I had Miss Personality. June Bug. And uh, Luis Juarez. Oh, Luis. Yeah, Luis Juarez, yeah. I haven't met him. Any part of the Spicy Boys now or something? Uh, yeah, he's yeah. working with Chingo Bling yeah. and uh, Midnight, okay. Midnight and yeah. uh, uh, Ralph. Bar Barbosa? Barbosa, yeah. yeah. That dude's a killer. He's funny as hell, man. No, yeah, he's hilarious, man. Uh, I remember when Ralph got started, man. He got started when I got started. And that dude was just always funny. And mm -hmm. he was very serious about his, his comedy. I remember um, when I learned about open mics and I started going, I just go get fucked 
Um, messed up. <laughs> I still get messed up. And uh, I remember Ralph, man, he was so serious. He wouldn't drink or anything. He was just riding. He was just, you know, and I was right. just. And then I would see him develop, and I was just like, golly, this dude is awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Very good. And then he wins uh, Texas Funniest Comedian last year. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that shows that, you know, comedy is about hard work. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it's, you have to do the writing part. You, you have, have to do to. the work. I like what, like, Ron White, I like what he says. He says this. He goes, he goes if you want to be a comedian, you have to be a comedian. Yeah. You have to do what comedian do you yep. got to be at the mics you got to be on stage you got to do comic stuff yeah. right you know? and if you're not doing it you know you're not a comedian it was crazy he was on joe rogan's show right mm-hmm. and uh um he kept saying i used to be a comedian this is during the pandemic and joe rogan is like what the hell are you talking about bro you're like one of the biggest comedians in the world right he goes i'm not doing comedy right now i used to be a comedian Mm. We'll see if I if I if I still become a, uh, if I still stay a comedian. I was just like, dang, Damn. to have that type of dedication. Yeah, because I know what? I gave up my kids for it. You know what I mean? I sold them, bro. I was like, I need comedy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Gas money. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I, I don't think people understand the how obsessed you have to be yeah. with it to be successful in this business or in any business, whatever it is. You have to be obsessed yeah. with the goal that you want to meet. It has yes. to take completely it has to completely take over your life completely bro 24 7 for real i mean if you want what you're dedicated to is what you're going to get out of it you know what i mean if you don't see no progress and you're dedicated to it you might want to think something else yeah 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 and that's what it takes man it takes dedication to see that i think that's where we're like my whole life i was trying to figure out um where do i fit in Mm -hmm. right I, i knew it was entertainment right i knew it was business somehow marketing something Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I did hip hop, you know, and then I got on to the radio station. K-104. And then I got on to, and then I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like that. I love performing and I liked writing, you know, and, and being in the studio and stuff like that. I, I was in love with it. Yeah. Totally passionate about hip hop in general. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, I wasn't good and well i don't want to say i wasn't good enough it was just like my passion wasn't all the way in it you know what yeah, i'm saying i get that on, on the music part yeah right as far as being as a performer right. right but i love the business so i got to the club business and then the radio mm-hmm. and then I, I didn't like the radio either and wow. i thought i made it well what you didn't like about the radio it just didn't fit with me okay. it didn't agree with me okay. i thought i thought i made it i said this is it i made it i'm at king 104 number one radio station for hip-hop and r&b in Dallas, in the top uh, top five market uh, uh, um, radio, right. you know, in, in the United States, right? And no. I, it just didn't agree with me, man. And you got a wow. perfect radio face, so I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then I met Nora Crosby. She was the owner of uh, MTV MTV Three um, KATA uh, Channel Fifty Dallas Fort Worth, and uh, you know. She liked me. She picked me up, and I started doing television. I was just like, okay, I'm going to start doing this. And then... So you using sitcoms? Huh? Sitcoms? No, 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 no. I was a VJ. I was a, a video jockey. Oh, okay, okay. So I was a host. I was a TV host for um, The Local Hookup. Okay. Um, I was on different TV shows. And then uh, she asked me if I wanted to become an account executive, and that turned me on a little bit because I like business. So I started learning how to... Uh, to bring in sponsors and put shows together and, you know, and, and bring in production and writing scripts and all that stuff, right? Okay. And then uh, I thought that's what I wanted to do. And then so I left MTV and I started my own TV show called Infamous Rhythm TV with G Spook, Little Brownie. I remember G Spook. I remember yeah, that Yeah, he was on K104 and then right. 97.9 The Beat. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I remember and then Little name. Brownie too. Little Brownie was DMX TV. She was on K104. That show was, wasn't it? He's having, yeah. Yeah, I you remember, remember DMX? DMX? I remember DMX, bro. You see, you see, you see it? All, all the girls dancing man, in little skirts and shit. I, man, when we were in jail, we used to put, man, DMX TV's coming out. It's Wednesday night. It's 12 o'clock. <laughs> Everybody comes out in their towels. Yeah, the missile thing, there was always one dude inside the the, the dorm that was just like, that's my baby mama with that name. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, man, and and, and, uh, I did that. I did that for a little bit. I got my own contract with Fox. um, Damn. And and that didn't agree with me. I got tired of that shit, too. 
I was just like, I don't want to do that either. I don't, what What is wrong with me? So you just wanted to do you just wanted I, to be I just want to be successful. I don't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I was ambitious and I wanted I just something. Want to be. You know? So, okay. so, so if that's the case, then what made all the ventures that you've had so far that you're telling us right now, yeah. all the ventures you've had so far, so what made you say that comedy was it? All right, first off, I've always loved comedy since I was a kid. Jerry, I grew up on old school stuff because my parents were Christians and real strict, real strict household, right? So I grew up on Bob Hope. I grew up on uh, um, the Three Stooges, nah. uh, Jer- Jerry Lewis, Benny Hill, Martin, you know, Benny Hill. Nah. <laughs> Uh, you didn't like Benny Hill? I thought that was pretty. It's a, it's I didn't say that. Because, I didn't, no, because he said that, no, no, because he said he was a you know he brought up in a Christian household, so oh, Benny yeah. Hill was freaking nasty. You know, Richard Pryor, you know, no, 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 yeah, no uh, black people, bro. I, I know, I see that. <laughs> it, was, it was a racist household too. <laughs> <laughs> you look very racist, bro. <laughs> hmm. No, but uh, I was just playing on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's looking right at you, bro. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> No, man, but but after that, I was just like, you know, I've always liked the restaurant business because I was always in the club business and stuff okay. like that, right? So then, then I went into the restaurant business and, and had a couple of restaurants and clubs. Okay. And uh, still- So, let me ask you this. So, mm-hmm. was it more of the, uh, the crowd environment that you liked the most out of the men doing comedy? Man, I, I read this interview when I was in prison, man, Puff Daddy on a GQ uh, interview, right? And they were asking, well, what, what is Puff Daddy? You do so much shit. Right. And he goes, he goes, you have to realize who you really are. Right. And he goes, I'm in the business of celebration. Mm. And that's when it clicked. Boom. That's me. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm in the I'm in the bit. You have to go down to the very, very like grassroots, um, the essence of who you are and what you want to be and what you want to be involved in. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the Mm. business of celebration. So no matter what I've done my whole life. It was some type of celebration. It was some type of production. It was something to please a bigger crowd of people. Mm. Okay. Mm. And okay. then what happened was is uh, anyway uh, I'll, I'll fast forward through a lot of stuff, but um, I got I got in this motorcycle accident, man, real real bad. I broke all my ribs, my my leg, my half of my face was gone. It was pretty fucked up, messed up. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I was stuck, dude. I was stuck. I was stuck, man. I was stuck in a house recovering, you know? And uh, all I did was watch stand-up comedy and uh, learning how to write scripts, mm. um, acting, theater. I mean, I've always been involved with uh, That's always been my thing, you know? I've been in a couple of movies. I was on Queen of the South and stuff like that. So I've, I've always done this, you know what I'm saying? And I'm obsessed with it. But this is what happened because I knew I almost died. And I was on the run. This was before I went to prison. I was already on the run for about a year, right? And it felt like my whole world was just crashing down. And I was just like, what do I really want to do? Hmm. Like, if I could do anything, what, what, what do I really want to do, right? And the most thing that I'm scared of is I've always wanted to be a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to. I just, I wouldn't dare even think that I could do it. Yeah. Like, because I remember when I, 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 wrote, I wrote a five-minute set for a G-Spook, and he went to Hyenas Killed, Improv Killed, uh, Patio Grill Killed, So right? you're telling that you ghostwrited for G-Spook? Well, he, t- he tells everybody. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. No, no, he tells everybody. <laughs> and actually, the bit that I write about me being at Kill 104, the whole being a minority in a minority radio station, right? it's like a three, four-minute bit, right? That's, I still keep it in my set sometimes. Out of, out of homage to the first bit I ever wrote and also to my mm. brother G Spook. That's what you know what I'm saying? Oh, man, that's cool. You know, and man. everyone laughed. And I remember Spook had told me this was two years before I, I got, you know. Big headed? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, you know, that, that I finally got the idea of what, what I wanted to do is that Spook said, he goes, I don't want to be a comic. He goes, I'm not a comic. He goes, I'm a radio person. And that's what I do. Okay. Right? He, he knew what he was. He was, I just wanted to try it. And he goes, and it worked. He goes, but George, he goes, why don't you do it? Right. He goes, you wrote the, the, the shit. The material, right. He goes, it's, it's your story. He goes, when I came in, I came in DJ on display. You came in, they made you wipe down windows and shit. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Get the berries off. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up, though. That's what's up. You know, and, and, and that's when I made the decision, bro. All right. okay. and, and so, and what, what kind of advice would you give someone starting off to get into comedy? Like, first off, man, it... it if it's something that 
get up there and try it. Go to an open mic and try it. Because you don't know if you're going to be good at it or not good at or it. Actually, it doesn't even matter if you're good at it in the beginning. Just get up there and do it. It matters do you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And the only way you're going to know if you're going to enjoy it is by getting up there. It's like jumping out of an airplane, man. It's mm, scary as boy, hell. Very. Because three to five minutes up there feels like an hour your man, first time, you know? For real. And uh, all the pressure's on you, and you're up there, you're naked. But the thing is, you got to get up there and you got to try it. And if you do... Um, the fear is going to be there. The anxiety is going to be there. It's crazy. I've been doing it a long time, and I still get it before I go on stage. Right. You know? But and don't at, let at, that- at the end of the night, did you enjoy it? Right. Or even if, if you hated it because no one laughed, mm-hmm. why do you hate it that no one laughs so much? Do you have the balls to say, you know what? Let me fix this. I'm going to go back up there. I'm going to get them next time. Right. You know what I'm saying? They beat me this time. I'm going to get them next time. And see, in the beginning, it's a fight between you and the audience. Mm -hmm. But Dick Gregory was one of the first uh, African-American comedians that came out uh, that went mainstream in America during the uh, the, the, the mid-50s and 60s. So Dick Gregory, I, I I read one of his books, and he said something that was so cool. Right? Because after I'd been doing comedy for two years... Uh, he's, they asked him, you know, how does it feel between you and the audience? Everyone always says it's like a boxing match. He goes, you know what? You become a comedian when you know the audience isn't against you. Mm. Tell again now. You become a comedian when you know the audience isn't against you. Mm. He goes, they're there for me. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to be there. Mm-hmm. They're excited to be there. They're on my side. Most of them. Mm. You get that one. You get that one that's drunk. Well, you you can always smack them around a little (laughs) bit. You know what I'm saying? And the good thing about the one that's drunk is you're in the dark, you're in the back, and I got the microphone. I'm in the spotlight. I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to mess you up. (laughs) Number three. (laughs) He's getting very angry. Sorry. (laughs) He's agitated. Hey, no one likes a heckler, man. I'm just saying. I'll keep it. We love hecklers. Yeah, and the funny thing is is he's a heckler. He's the only comedian I know that heckles. I heckle like hard. Hard. Yeah. I go hard. No, literally. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a late one. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, that's what's up, man. Okay. Um, yeah. you, you were drawing something. I thought you were about to ask yeah, questions. Uh, you just nah, did squiggly lines. That wasn't even important. I'm I was just like, saying. You, Mexican you got on boots. Thing, man. Mexican got on boots. You know, I, you know what happened with Mexican got on boots. Yeah. Uh, so we know you. <laughs> <laughs> so we heard, you told us about your first uh, show that you produced and everything. Um, it went pretty well by what you say. No. Well, the thing was is when I started comedy, for some reason, I was just good at it. Yeah. That's good, man. You know, and it's the a only, lot of people that ain't like that. You know? Yeah, so yeah, like Richard, yeah, we all know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what was your? What would you say was your worst so far? My, my worst show? Yeah, you yeah. Like my bomb? Like, yes. I don't know. Yes. Like you got you, you got you got the bombing or the venue, just everything all together. You have to let us know, man. I've bombed twice in my life, and I saw one of them. So, and, just uh, twice? Twice, yeah, yeah. I've bombed twice, and it was the worst. <gasps> possible I remember the, I remember the bombs. first one. I mean, I still wake up in cold sweats, man. Dang. Like, look, look. The thing is, I've had good shows and I've had bad shows. Bombing is a whole different thing. Yeah. You know, some people try to say they come off like, oh my God, I bombed. I like, Calm down, bro. You got some laughs. Yes, right. No, you know what a bomb is? When everyone's quiet and they hate you. Yeah. They're looking at you like this. Or they boo you off. You know, that's bombing. That's or when you get choked up and you can't, you can't finish your set. That's bombing. Total silence. So what's the example of where you bombed? I know the story. I think Mike knows All right, the so the too. first one was at an all-black show. Oh, it was that one? I thought it was no, that well, one. I, I, no, that, no that's two. the second one. You said two. Okay. okay. So the first one, and I, look, I do good in all-black rooms. I'm from the hood. I'm from, you know, I was raised in the east side of Lubbock, Texas. Mm. When I came out to the south, I, you know. Texas? Huh? Y'all thugging Lubbock? In Lubbock, y'all thug up there, dude. Everyone dies in Lubbock. What are you talking oh, about? Okay. STD. That's the Mexicans over there. Though. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm listening. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, so anyway, when I started doing comedy, my first rooms I did, you know, um, they mostly were all black rooms. Everyone right. was inviting me to like West Dallas or 
North Dallas or PG. And I was doing all these like little, little hood rooms, you know what I'm right. saying? So that's kind of where I, I kind of cut my teeth, you know? Okay. And they'll shows, let you know. They'll let yeah. you know if you're doing yeah, bad. Yeah, because I was doing a lot of stuff with like T-Bone and, mm. and, and all those guys and uh, Derek Jack and whatever. Well, Derek, you know, he has a diverse crowd, but Junebug and Miss Personality and, and all them. And then, uh, but there was this one show they booked me at and there was five, it was a 500 people show. And they told me the guy was, he was a guy that I had never done business with. He asked me if I want to do the show. And he goes, it's an all black room. Do you think you can handle it? I said, that's all I do is black rooms. What are you talking about? You know? Yeah, I got you. Right? So I get up there and I had this, uh, <laughs> I had this bit about this little black cat that my grandma had. And uh, she used to call it Toby. Well, his his his, his real are the cat's real name's Kuta Kinte. Y'all were racist as hell in your house. <laughs> Why? I, I don't get it. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So the the cat's name was Kuta Kinte, but when, when we had black friends, we would call it Toby. That's so worse, that is, man. That's worse, man. That's worse. <laughs> All right. Well, on this episode, <laughs> hey y'all, don't. I'm listening. He he's telling this story. Just letting y'all know. It's a, it's a bit, okay? Well, anyway, this one, this bit used to kill. I mean, I'm talking about all the rooms I was doing. And um, this one particular room was, uh, um, yeah, I'm walking a thin line, but it used to work all the time, right? But this one room was at, by, by UT, uh, the uh, University of Texas of Arlington. Yeah, okay. Right? And, what are you talking about? And this, there's a Jamaican club called One Love. I know where that's at. Yeah. I know. No. <laughs> yeah. So you have a lot of conscious, woke. like, woke, yeah. right, college kids that mm -hmm. came to that particular show. And uh, and I started off I, I started off bad. I went up there and I said, I did my Kid 104 bit, right? And I was like, y'all know who I am? Street Messiah. And it was like, yeah, Kid 104. Yeah. I was like, what's the number one radio station for hip hop? And R&B, and I put the mic out, and this one chick gets up, says 97.9 the beat. Dang. Threw me off. Dang. Dude, after that, I couldn't get a laugh. I couldn't get everything I said, relationships, everything. And then my big Kunta Kinte beat uh, mm. a bit. I think I'm gonna get the laugh. I'm finally gonna. I'm gonna. This was my closer. Mm -hmm. Right. Did it, and. It just looked like everyone wanted to fucking kill me, dude. I get those looks a lot, though. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible, man. Hey, um, it was horrible. The second one, I bombed in prison. Uh -huh, I bet. Um, let's not just go to that one. Yeah. So. You get raped. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> not rape if it's willing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Uh, so, man, I, I know uh, Comedy Junkie Society, man, creator, CEO, president you are. Um, a member here. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, sir, for that. <laughs> but, uh, man, you know, you got a lot of mics that you run. You know, at the beginning was damn near every day, two a day or whatever. Uh -huh. um, you know, and I was going to say which one would be your favorite, but I'm not going to put you on that. But which one is your favorite? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well actually, uh, um, we only have two mics right now. We have uh, Hat Tricks mm -hmm. and we have Will Call. And uh, my, my particular favorite is Will Call because it's a back room it's it's kind of set for comedy mm -hmm. it's dark it's intimate there's no distractions mm -hmm. and people come out and the list fills up very quickly very i quick. mean I'll, a lot of most of the times we have over 30 comics yeah which is insane that's an open mic by the way okay yeah, yeah an and uh but the thing about hat tricks is is i love hat tricks too because the history of it um, on the 15th we just hit a five-year anniversary at oh, hat tricks nice. for um, doing comedy there and um Knowing all the different hosts and all the different people that ran that mic, um, you know, I have respect for all of them and, and to be part of that. That was and it was the first mic in the first place that gave me a shot when I got out of prison. Oh, nice. So I love hat tricks a lot, you know, but right now I think it's time to pass the baton, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, Zane Milton right now, he's running it. Oh, man. And uh, I haven't been able to officially we we're supposed to do it on the 15th. I was going to officially hand it over to him publicly. And then, uh, you know, uh, but... Uh, you got to wear a spit guard when you talk to him because you like to <laughs> <has a> lisp. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but uh, we got canceled because of the weather and all that stuff or whatever. But um, we'll call, man. That's where it's at. Sorry, man. That was very disrespectful. I like <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Uh, so with that, 
with, with our uh, let me see, with our host just getting up and moving in the middle of the thing, we're going to go ahead and take a little break. We're going to come back, and uh, after our break, hopefully everybody's already pee-peed. So, all right, see y'all a little bit. Bienvenido. All right, we are back to the DDFW Comedy After Show. And once again, we are with my co-host, Mr. Richard Moore. Yes, sir. The more beautiful and luscious George Red Speaks. Yeah. And we got my, <laughs> my, my precious buddy over there, Mr. Busco Jones in the back. Busco. All right, man. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, my brother, I had a, qu- I had a question for you. Um, you know, you gave us your opinion on what you think, well, advice you would give someone getting into comedy, right? Yes, sir. Now, Give me one thing that you say would be a do to do in comedy and a one thing you don't want to do in comedy. So a do and a don't. Um, do get on stage. Don't stay at home. Mm. Mm. That's nice. Okay. That makes sense. Damn. But uh, do you want to elaborate on why you want to? Uh... Because stage time is everything, man. It's everything. Look, check it out. Right now, I'm on tour with Alex Raimundo, right? Mm-hmm. Alex Raimundo? One of the original Latin kings of comedy. This dude's been doing it over 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. And this is some advice he gave me. Uh, or this is a story that he told me. He was like, he, to- he told me, he said, George, I haven't done comedy since March. You know? And he goes, I want to do these small rooms just to get my rhythm back. And you see, right. he kills, right? But he even tells me, he goes, man, I, these sets are nowhere near what I am when I'm doing comedy all the time. Dang. You know? And it's crazy that, like, like, like for instance, for me, I could do, like, four shows or, say, three shows that week, right? Right. And if I'm off three days, I'm tripping. Like, my first show, it's going to be good, but it ain't going to be – I'm not – I feel like I'm not as fluid. Right. Like, last night, my first show was a little bit – it was a little bit rough. They laughed – they didn't know that it was rough, but for me, I knew that I was I wasn't as sharp, I wasn't as fluid as I could be. Right? right. My second show last night, murdered. You know what I'm saying? But it's because you have to constantly be you have to constantly be on stage. Stage time is essential. It well, without stage time, you're no comic. Yeah. You can take classes and all that, right? But once you get on the stage, yeah. you start learning. Yeah. Look, if you want to be a comedian. Like an actor, comedian, or whatever, you still got to do that that stuff too, mm-hmm. right? You know, you got to be in comedy movies. You got to be at a live improv show. You know, right. you have to do it. So you have you have to be so, in the mix. You have to be so, around it. So be on stage and don't stay at home. Nice. You know, okay. if you got the opportunity, there's a mic. Be there. You know. And what about the networking camaraderie? What do you think? What's your opinion on that? I think networking is essential to everything. Without networking, forget about it. You're, you're not right. going to be nothing, yeah. you know, because it's all about building this business and most businesses, but especially this type of business, it's all about relationships. And you have to be able to cultivate those relationships with everybody, mm-hmm. even your enemies. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to cultivate your relationships because you never know who's going to be what and in what position. Man. When I got out of prison, there's a few people in higher positions where I was just like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that one. Right, right. And I was like, I'm glad I treated them good because I never thought that they would be where they are. They would are. be anything, right. you know? I was like, they weren't even funny when I left. But now that I see them, I'm like, oh, my God, they, in two years, they, they did a lot of work. They're hilarious. They deserve to be where, where they're at because they put Man. the work behind it. And these were people that I didn't believe in. I, 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 didn't, pay, I didn't pay mine to, but I was nice to them. Right. Because they were, they were under me at the time, right? And I was nice to everybody. But I came out and I saw where they're at. And I'm just like, wow. That's why it's so important to respect each other. Mm-hmm. And it's important to support each other. Because if you support other people, they're going to support you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's just like, like Mike. You know, and like you. Y'all come to all my shows. I go to y'all shows. Right. You know? I put y'all on some shows. Y'all put me on some shows. Mm-hmm. You know? And we're all working together. And we're keeping, we're keeping the fire going, yeah. man. Because if there's no movement... Then there's death. It's like a shark, you know? If the shark ain't moving forward, it dies, you know? And we always got to be moving forward, never backwards, you know? And then when you find yourself, you know, pushed back a little bit, you just keep moving forward. Right. Because you have to train your mind or you have to train your direction in life, right? To always be moving forward no matter if the wind blows you back. My my nature is to move forward regardless of what happens. Do I get sad sometimes because... A relationship fell off or this show didn't happen the way it said it was going to happen or this connection. You know, yeah, sometimes, you you know, we get a little, I don't know how to say it in English, we thaw. You know, we get a little mm-hmm. butt hurt, you know. Right. But the thing is, you just get right back on it and you just keep moving forward, you know. 
man, y'all heard that. Yeah, move keep forward. moving forward even keep, when you don't think that you're doing like anything. His, just like his cat, <laughs> Kuta, oh, gotta keep going forward. <laughs> Cut his legs off. He kept going. <laughs> <laughs> Toby, <laughs> the names he gave these animals. Oh man, bro, I'm gonna get so. Hey, it was my grandma, bro. bro. I'm just saying. Abuela, uh, know, abuelita, man. abuelita. She loved Kunte, bro. I bet Kunte. she did. And he done messed up his whole name, Kunte. I'm just saying. That's why I said I said the way she says it, Kunte. Oh, that Kunte. <laughs> so I admire that Kunte. Yeah. Okay, so we got the dudes on being at the mics. What are the don'ts? Let's get back on this Kunte. No, bro. <laughs> like, how fast was he running, really? Like, <laughs> hey, dude, like for real, I don't understand why why, why Kunte is such a uh, like a negative term. It's, the dude's a superhero, man, dude. Black Panther ain't nothing, eyes, bro. That's that's the whole thing. He's on a which, superhero. He was a superhero that got beat like a mug, bro. Yeah. So come on, man. Yeah, yeah. but he I was mean, strong. He gained. Yeah, he, he gained what. He gained respect. He gained a uh, notoriety. A uh, notoriety. No, 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 yeah. no, no. That big word. Yeah. That big word. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a great movie, man. Yeah. You know, I was raised on it 10 hours long, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I thought it was 30. I was like, I'm just that saying. guy from Star Trek? Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that reading Rainbow? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. In the sky. I'm just saying, though, yeah. bro. God. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, what are your notes? <laughs> Look, man, uh, don't be stagnant. Man, you that know? water stinks. Yeah, don't don't be stagnant. Always be moving forward. Don't disrespect people. Always show love. Um, don't stop writing. Always be writing. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a pen and paper. I do that. You know, I, I have a pen and paper. But every time you have a thought, just jot it down. If it's funny, if you're having a conversation with some friends and everyone starts laughing, you know, all right, guys, hold on real quick. You know, if you're having sex with someone and and some she's laughing, yeah, (laughs) write it down. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you get an argument with your wife, write Write it it down. down. (laughs) I mean, whatever it is, because that's what comedy is about. It's about we all go through the same thing in different. We're all the same people, right? We're just in different lives and different bodies and different experiences. We're all we're all people, but we're the same person. All of us, just different. You know, you know, so the thing is, that's why comedy works is because we're talking about real life stuff. We're talking about we're mocking the most craziest shit that happens to us. You know, the most the the things that piss us off, the things that hurt us, the things that pain that that brings pain in our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And we switch it around and we make it funny. We make people laugh. You know, you're crying inside still. And for. Yeah. (laughs) But for 90 minutes. You can grab a, an audience, yeah. and you can hold their attention, and you can transport them into your your mind. Yeah. yeah, I like that part. You about know, it. and you can entertain them, and you could they love you for it. You know, and yeah. you love them for loving you for it. Yeah, and it's just like we're feeding each other. This That's energy. the junkie part right there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because you you yearn. I yearn for that. I'm yeah. not gonna lie, man. Yeah, I like the laughs, but I like the wows too. Like, right. man, did yeah, you just right. say that? I even like the yeah, 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 the, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Diego gets yeah. a lot of those. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no. no man, but that's true, man. You know, uh, it's it's you you you're on stage, man, and you tell the joke, and then you like. You don't look like it, but you visually like wait for that laugh, and then you know you step back okay. a little bit. Then you go back, and you're like, ah. And when it doesn't, you huh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah you step yeah. back. But okay, the reason why I say it is because when you said that, and it's so very true. A uh, gentleman that I know, he wanted to get into it, and every scenario that he came, everything he asked, he asked me a question, I gave him an answer, and I don't think it was up to his standard. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so. Be going back and forth, conversation, conversation, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I don't want to be combative. I'm not saying you're combative, bro. I'm just, we going back and forth, back and forth. And it got to a point, so I'm like, you know what, bro? You have to go for yourself to see it for you. I, nothing else that I'm, anything that I'm saying right now is out of the window. You're not trying to see it or trying to hear what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you have to go for it for yourself. And, oh, man, how you know is come up with some excuse on why mm-hmm. not to go. Mm-hmm. It's easy to so, do that. Um, you're sitting here and saying that you want to do it and want to learn about it, and you ask me for information because I don't know anything too much about it because I'm look, a year bro, into the game. Look, but I'm, I'm explaining to him that he uh, has to go and see the process of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this right now. It doesn't matter how bad you want to be a comedian. It doesn't matter. 
It has no worth until you until you work. get until you get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Ron White said, you're not a comedian unless you're doing comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're not on that stage, then you ain't in the business, homeboy. Well, if you're not on stage, I mean, you got to be doing something comedy wise. Yeah, some yeah. writing, watching the show, selling it, yeah, producing, mm-hmm. skit, something, yeah. something. You know, yeah. but if you ain't doing nothing, you're just like, oh, yeah, I love comedy. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a comic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't seen you on stage in like two years, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Damn. But you know what? Look, look, it, this ain't just comedy. This is just, uh, this is business in general. This is a general rule, man. This is something that I've seen throughout my, my, my business career, right, is that everyone thinks that they're going to be this big thing or they want this big thing. They, everyone wants success. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be successful. Everyone wants to do this or that or whatever. The American dream. But the thing is, who's getting up and actually doing it even when life gets hard? <clears throat> See, oh. the thing, that's where, like, back when I was doing hip-hop, everyone thought they were going to be the next Tupac or Biggie, right? They had these grand ambitions, right? Hey, bro, you been writing? Hey, you got a new track out? Oh, man, you know, my baby mama and... You know, rent, and you know, I wasn't able to hit the studio, or mm. oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't make it to the show because my grandma died. You know, <laughs> dude, you didn't see her in all them years. You want to go now? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> hey, but the thing is, the thing is, bro, everyone comes up with excuses, yeah, on why not to do it or why they couldn't do it, yeah, because everyone can blame life for everything, but you gotta hit it, man. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You have to hit it, and you have to take risks. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to take the risk that you're going to fail. But that was just like any entrepreneur. You know, that's any entrepreneur. It's okay, any business, for, yeah. For if you say Johnson & Johnson, they yeah. have to take risks on going, hey, brother, I'm just trying to help people out that don't know. You know, they might be on my level sometimes. Yeah. They don't know anything about it. So I'm, I'm saying Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. You know, they started with a little company, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Anyway, as I was, I'm, I'm he said Johnson and Johnson. I got a, I got a no, joke. It, it, it sounded like it sounds like an all black company. Johnson and Johnson. Well, you gotta put the emphasis on the motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Johnson and Johnson. I got you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Somebody ain't know. Yeah, I know Johnson and Johnson. My dude, I got you. No, I got a joke that says cocoa butter. I got a joke that says you know you know when a black guy don't when a black guy messes with a white girl when he don't smell like cocoa butter no more it smells like Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> And then you brought yeah, that up. I'm I like, dude, that, I told but you. But Johnson and Johnson. Anyway, but you know, you yeah, have to. Here's a white wife. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, bro. Messing got on boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got some black wife. I'm sorry. So she's Asian. She's more oh, black man. than him. <laughs> she's Mexican. So back to the, the risk that you have to take. It's just like any other company that yeah. comes in. They take risks on being where they at, and now. Yeah. Over 30 or 40 some years later, you see they're the number one company that's running certain products that Amazon. you use every day. Yeah. Amazon. Look, man, right. it, no, it, but let's, let's, think, let's think a little bit smaller, okay, um, to the regular person. You, we got to take risks to live a full life. Like, for instance, think of the time that you first hit on that first chick. Hmm. You know, that you thought was way too fine for you, but you were just like, ah, I'm going to give it a shot. I was like eight. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, you go up there and you take a risk because you could get rejected. Easy. You know, very easily. But then something happens, something develops. All of a sudden, <laughs> two years into it, you're in a relationship. And you're like, man, I'm with this beautiful chick. And if I would have never went up and talked to her and had the balls or the one. audacity to take the risk, right? Us. Then I wouldn't have had this. This is the same thing with life. If you're not taking risks, and everyone's always playing it safe, mm. everyone's playing. Mm-hmm. We're trained to play safe, right? Mm-hmm. We are, you know. But we you are. know what? Scared to fail. But the thing is, you you, you can't play it safe if you want a full life. If you want to play it safe, good. Look, man, not everyone's meant to do great things. And I'm gonna say it just like that because some people they want to, they want the nine to five, they want the insurance, the benefits. They're content. They want, they're they're content with it, and it's okay. That's great. They build a very beautiful life for themselves. Mm-hmm. Right, good four hundred one k and they got the little investments, all that, and they're great, and great, great. That's great. But then there's people, Hmm. men and women, beasts, that say, "I want more out of this life, and I'm willing to give up the comfort and the umbrella, yes, and go out on my own and build my own, facts, and bring people in and build them." Yep. See, you're not successful unless you're building other people up. Yep. Okay, that's facts. You know what I'm saying? And that's how you build a team. 
You get people and you give people opportunity to do the things that they're naturally capable of doing or what they want to do or they're passionate about. Right. And when you give them that opportunity, they start flourishing on their own. Man. And then all of a sudden, you got something flowing. Right. Something's going. It's blooming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that word yesterday. You know, blooming. Blooming. Yeah. Oh, dude. Man, I've been in a dictionary, bro. I'm just saying. (laughs) Dude, that's that's the word that you're you're bragging about blooming. Blooming is awesome, bro. Not too many people know anything about blooming, bro. You can you can (laughs) say anybody the word. I think people know about blooming, bro. I'm just saying. He said said blooming. I've been in a dictionary. Awesome, bro. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, bro. It's not the urban dictionary, bro. I'm telling you. Your face is blooming. Anyway. The next question I want to ask, yeah, and then I'm gonna leave him be. Um, Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I know the I, I know the answer to the question I'm about to ask you. Okay. Um, some people don't know about it. Mike knows about it, you know, and everything else. What made you start Comedy Junkie Society? We see the shirt. We see yeah. the 2020. So. In your years of being into the comedy, what made you say, I'm going to do Comedy Junkie Survive, uh, Society and bring people in up under the umbrella and I'm, branch out? I'm a firm believer in unions. I like the way they work. I like what they've accomplished in America and across the world. Um, and I, I really believe in that. The thing is that I don't believe in unions is the control. Hmm. I don't like that there's control and there's like this hierarchy. Government. Yeah. So, um, but I do believe in unions, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what Comedy Junkie Society is. It's a union. It's a society. It's a fraternity. It's a kind of like a sorority too. We have women. We have men. We have people from different walks of life that um, have a single or we, we all have a common denominator and that's comedy. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And when I first came into the business... Um, it didn't start off Comedy Junk Society. I created the name in prison, but the idea was already brewing because when I first started comedy, I started a, a, a red stand-up uh, red stand-up comedy society. Okay. And it started that way. But what I what what, what I learned in prison was <laughs> I was a I was a little bit of an egomaniac back in the day, <clears throat> right? Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, red, red, yeah. Society. Speaks, yeah, no, like yeah, red well, speaks, yeah. Yeah, well, I put my name on it. You right. know what I'm saying? So, what I, so I, what I did it. was, I was just like, I need to take myself out of it. Facts. Right? I need to make it, what are, what, what are we? And in prison, it hit me. It was just like, man, I'm a giant. Someone told me in prison, because uh, I was always writing, I always carry this little notebook. I have like 10, 15 of these little notebooks. And I always had it in my pocket, and I was always, anywhere I was walking, we're in the rec yard, something says something, something, whatever, I'd start writing. Right. right? And I'm always talking about comedy. There's like, do you talk about anything else, bro? I was like, no, no, it's all, it's all I think. It consumes me, right? Yeah. Right. Thanks. Right? It's in my conversation. It's what I watch. It's what I hear. It's what I read. You know, I'm just, this is my thing, right? Gotcha. And uh, there's an ex heroin addict in there, uh, Joshua Bostat. What's up, Joshua? Mm-hmm. Um, Josh. He's out, he's out, and he's clean. He's Man, that's what's up. Congratulations. And uh, he's a great writer, too. He does poetry and stuff like that. And, oh, that's and, awesome. Um, yeah, so anyway, Josh says, Man, you're like a junkie, man. Damn. He's like, he would know about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he's like, you're like, all you think about is this stuff. He goes, and then I started thinking about it. I was like, comedy, comedy junkie. And then I remember I used to use the word society, and I've always loved that word. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like what it means, society. Tell me the definition, because what I hear in society, man, I think of like the people out there and their stereotypical ways. Well, I was, hey, well, okay. all right, all right, think of it like this. Society is a community, mm-hmm. but a, a society is people that come together and they organize mm-hmm. for a common goal. Mm-hmm. Now, that could be anything. It could be we organize for a common, uh, 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 we build a village, common goal, that way that other village don't kill us and rape us, mm. you know, or we come together and we could keep our, uh, our food sources, you know, um, our, our food supply overflowing. Love you know? I hate. We come together. So it's the same thing, but this is comedy and we're junkies. We are junkies. We can't get enough of it. Right. Right. That's why we're in this green room right here, right now, you know, what I'm saying? you know, and, and to bring that all together just made sense to me. And it, it's, it's, it, the irony is, is beautiful. Um, in the year that when I got out was 2020 and I got out during COVID, 
I went into prison, the world was normal. I came out and everything was burning. There was these like big old Crotches. wasps and there was, uh, <laughs> there was this race riots and you couldn't go and to yeah. the mall. You couldn't do, you couldn't see your own family. You know, Trump was getting more orange. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was just a whole bunch of crazy stuff, you know. And, um, but what, what, what brought life to me was that the first opportunity that they opened up, I did, uh, I did the first comedy show in the United States next oh, to man. the improv. It was on May 15th nice. or May 16th in the whole United States. Hattricks did the first, uh, well, first was improv and then Hattricks did the first um, individual or uh, what do you call it when you're not? Private? No, not private. Independent. Oh. The first independent comedy show in the country. Dictionary right? workings. And so, yeah, you never read the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, and we were sold out, you know, and after that, we did it all the time. And then we opened up the, the open mic. We were the first open mic in the country. Mm. You know, I remember going and the, we got backlash because they were like, oh, yeah, y'all are the no, reasons why right, that, you know, right. the COVID spreading. I got Can't y'all wait? I right. got a lot of backlash. Yeah, because the one in Garland, the people was like, why are you going there? I'm like, I got to do open mic tonight. They're like, no, you don't have to do that. You need to be safe. And the COVID is out and everything else. I'm like, hey, I go to work. Yeah. What's the difference between me going to work? And I'm, I'm a shepherd. Yeah, people used to be like, they used to tell me, you're not scared? I was just like. I just got out of prison. Mm -hmm. Have you seen my face? <laughs> I eat COVID. Like, dude, I, every day I was dodging knives and dicks. <laughs> <laughs> you, know you didn't do so much on the second part. <laughs> I, could, I come out, I'm free, and I want to do the only thing I love. You think I'm scared of COVID? No, <laughs> motherfucker. I'll like, be safe. I'm going to wash my hands. <laughs> I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to put that mask on. And he I'm going to do my thing, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. He said, nah, it's a dick. So I'm like, bro, yeah, COVID ain't got nothing on you. <laughs> he just wanted to say dicks again. That's what I'm just saying. Uh, oh, uh, man. Penises are awesome. Bro. Oh, knives and dicks, bro. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. Knives and dicks. I mean, how you wrap shit up after that? I'm just saying. <laughs> How do, you, how do you wrap shit up? You just just like this. Okay, so we're gonna end that right there with the <laughs> yeah, dicks I got in his plugs, hand, bro. I, got plugs. I didn't come here for free. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, nah, but uh, yeah, man. Before we go, man, I'm glad that you brought up the dicks thing. I was very interested in that. Like the whole time I knew you, um, oh, you, you got that limp, that limp, and I was like, man, that he ain't got one leg longer. Uh, oh man. No, nah, man, but we had a blast, man. We really appreciate you coming by. We know you're about to go do a show right now. Um, nice and dicks. If you can, uh, if you can just uh, tell us about your mics, your next coming up shows, what you want to talk about, Alex Ramundo, you know, number Juan Taquila. Juan Taquila. Let, us, let everybody know about that, man. Well, apparently you just did it for me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Nice and dicks. I'm just saying. Taquila. He's going to go to prison now just for that. No. Hey, sir, I'm, dude, I'm dude, just going dude, for knives, bro. Dude, I'm just going dude, for I should get a shirt called Dimes and Dicks. Nice and Dicks, bro. And I let them know who I'm down with. Oh, you down with yours? Oh, you good. You can pass Nines and Dicks. Nines and Dicks. Your face, yeah. your face gonna be right on the shirt. You a damn liar. <laughs> it might be like this. Just, no, no. <laughs> you wanted me to do that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, All right, check it wait. out, man. Um, you can check me out, George Red Speaks, on any platform, uh, a social media platform. That's George, that's Red, R E D D, two D's, like big titties. You like know? his? Uh huh. You say that a lot. <laughs> Speaks. And um, also, uh, you know, check out Comedy Junkie Society. Um, that's on, on every uh, social media uh, um, platform. 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 Um, I got a show tonight with Alex Raimundo at uh, Dallas Hyenas. Uh, we're on tour right now, so go to alexcomedy.com uh, to check it out. Or just go to pre-Kindle and put Comedy Junkie Society. We have a site up there, and it's going to show all of our shows. Not just my shows and Alex's shows, but all the, the Comedy Junkie Society shows. Um, Man, that's cool. That we're producing. I just learned, I just learned that platform, and, and it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, other than that, you know, drink number okay. one tequila. I and uh, but before we leave, it's just, I, don't think, I don't know if we asked this question. You're on tour with Alex Ramundo. Yeah, Alex Ramundo. How is it? It's great, That's my man. Last question, bro. I'm, then we done. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I just, just want to know. It's great, man. Because I seen you on the tour bus in the snow. You throwing snowballs at white people and shit. I just want to figure out how fun it is. <laughs> well, uh, you, all right. The, the, the only thing about about touring in a tour bus with three Mexicans, right, or three Hispanic people, is that Up every top, time, like eighteen yeah, on the bottom. Yeah, it's like every time we go to you know put gas or whatever, we go inside the gas station and like, who does that belong to? Who, who y'all touring with? And I'm like, oh well, you know, we're on we're on a comedy tour. Yeah. So do y'all? Y'all set up for them, or? 
Where's your name tag, buddy? <laughs> and I was like, no, that's the owner of the company. And then they start laughing the way you started laughing. <laughs> His hair don't match it. He's <laughs> <laughs> still laughing about the dicks thing. He ain't even... <laughs> I can't say the word I want to say, but it's okay. They don't believe us, man. They're just like, oh, there goes the back boys right there. (laughs) Well, your windows are nice and clean, I can tell. Uh, It's it's very comfortable being in a big old tour bus like that, though. With three people? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of space in there, man. That's That's what's up, bro. Uh, I, I want you to uh, go ahead, plug in your Fishbowl too, man, because I know that's Oh, yeah, George Red Speaks every Tuesday. Check it out, Fishbowl Radio Network. Uh, um, also, I haven't been on this yet, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a comedian, bro. <laughs> it's about comedy. Every Tuesday at 4 p.m., you can check it out, Fishbowl Radio Network, or uh, we go live on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. 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 Plug in your stuff, my brother, Mr. Richard Moore. Oh, just just Rich Mo seven six five on YouTube. Check me out. You know what I'm saying. Just doing my best, trying to keep up with some of these casters in this room right now. You know, it's not easy. Like I said, you know, you gotta hit them mics. Um, it's a it's a constant grind, man. You know, you can't stop with something that you love. So keep on pushing, man. If that's what you want to go do, chase your dream, baby. Man, there you heard it. Chase dreams and watch out for dicks. So this and is the, <laughs> this is the DDFW Comedy After Show, and I was your host, Mr. Michael Saragossa. And let me give a shout out to my boy over there with uh, Presley Insurance Group. You can catch him on www.presleyins.com, and he will take care of any of your needs that you need. I don't know about the dicks part, but uh, nice my part. <laughs> and then uh, you can catch me at Michael Mike Mike any. Any platform out there. Mr. Uh, got on boots. Mr. got on boots. Mr. CEO and president of Loudmouth Entertainment. And I believe in the separating yourself from the business to grow as more than just one. I believe in that, man. George Red spoke on a lot of good stuff. And uh, we'll be up next week. This is the DDFW Comedy After Show. Thank you for tuning in. Nice and dicks. <laughs> <laughs>